Welcome to the Teaching Middle School ELA Podcast. We're your hosts, Caitlin Mitchell and Jessica Kanata. If you're looking for ways to bring rigor and engagement to your middle school ELA classroom without sacrificing your nights and weekends, then this podcast is for you. Our goal is to provide you with your weekly dose of tips, tools, and inspiration so you can actually enjoy teaching again. We'll help you bring the fun and creativity to your ELA lessons so that your students master the standards and you can leave school when the bell rings. Get ready to be that teacher you've always wanted to be to do great work and thrive. All right, we are back with another week Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. I'm really excited to talk about this topic. I think it's really, really important right now, given state of education, everything Mm -hmm. that teachers are going through, the fact that we're still in this pandemic and just everything that teachers have had to deal with. um, I think these points that we're going to make in today's podcast episode are really helpful. So we're going to cover... I was going to say, and they're going to get you thinking, I hope, right? To maybe adjust or change one thing in your life so that you aren't feeling these deep feelings of burnout. I know that's kind of a a weird way of saying it, but just pick one thing because we don't want you to overwhelm you with more stuff here. (laughs) Right. And I think the thing is too, to keep in mind, like we can't control everything, right? We can't control what's happening right now. We can't control the the mandates that are coming down from our district. We can't control like the way in which we're being pulled back and forth, you know, just hearing some of the stories from our EB teachers about what's going on in their schools and in their classrooms. It's hard right now. You know, I couldn't imagine being in the classroom right now, but I think that a lot of these things that we're going to talk about today can perhaps give you some solace or comfort in knowing, Hey, I can't control all of this other crap that's going on but I can think about these things differently and perhaps do something different so that I'm not going to feel this way the whole rest of the school year. You know, we have a motivational or we, we are recording this in October, but it's Mm -hmm. airing in November. We had a motivational speaker come speak to our EB teachers that we got to listen to called his name's Blake fly. Um, and he's an eight times TEDx motivational speaker and he used to go speak to teachers and students. Mm -hmm. Um, and he just talked to us when we got to see him speak all about gratitude. And I think sometimes when we sit in gratitude for a while for the things that we do have and for the things that are good, it's really helpful to help us kind of reset and recenter where we are and how we're feeling and the, you know, just emotion that we're experiencing in life. Um, and when we share that with our EB teachers that he was going to come speak to him, a lot of them have said, gosh, I so need that right now. Right. <laughs> you know, I so need that motivation, especially this time of year. What is it? Love Teach, is that her name? Devolson, the d- d- deep evil vortex that is late October or late I September, October, November. Have you heard I've that I've never before? heard that before, oh but I mean, it makes total sense. And I know exactly what you're talking about, <laughs> but yes. she's hilarious. You should go read. I'll have to find the blog post for you from her. I read it, gosh, years ago. She's been around for a long time. It was okay. hilarious. <laughs> oh, I will check it out. So we digress. In this episode, we're going to talk about five strategies, five little known strategies Mm -hmm. for some of us. I think sometimes we don't think about these things to avoid teacher burnout. So we found this statistic from the Alliance for Excellent Education. It was published in 2014, this particular article, but I think it just goes to show that even then in 2014, when we weren't in the midst of the pandemic, how many teachers leave the profession every year. Um, In this article, the Alliance for Excellent Education said about 500,000 teachers in the US leave the profession every year. And I cannot even imagine what that number 
was last year in 2020, right. what it's going to be this year in 2021, 2022. So I just think that it's really important to kind of have these internal monologues, if you will, with ourselves about what we can do to change something in our life mm-hmm. so that we don't continue to experience these feelings of burnout and ultimately leave the classroom. Right. And even if you know, you're know you listening to this and you're saying, okay, but I love my job. I'm not going to leave the classroom, right? You still might be experiencing some of these feelings of burnout. And so there are some common feelings. Maybe it's exhaustion, right? At the end of the day, you're just wiped out or feeling defeated. Like no matter what you try, you're not getting through to your students or you're not getting that um, recognition from your administration, right? Mm-hmm. Overwhelmed. I mean, do I even need to say more? <laughs> We've always <laughs> felt that as teachers, right? I mentioned this one, but underappreciated, whether it is from admin or whether it's from your students or even their parents, it's hard to put our heart and soul into our work, right? And just feel like, why am I doing this? Am I making a difference? And then of course there's you know, being underpaid and undervalued. And we can reach a frustration point with that, right? Where it's like, gosh, I look at maybe friends of mine who get to leave work at a certain time or who have more flexibility with their jobs mm-hmm. and are getting paid so much more. And it's it's frustrating. And, you know, we didn't come into this profession to make the big bucks, but at some point it does start to, you know, weigh on us a bit. And so yeah. those are common feelings of burnout. And it's okay if we're experiencing those. It is common. And I hope this isn't naive hopefulness. But I hope that given the circumstances of what's been happening in education these past couple of years, that this will on some level cause perhaps a massive shift. I mean, I would love for that to be the case in valuing teachers the way that they should be valued, you know, because in America, like I've talked to some of my friends who are in the UK or who live in Canada, and they are just shocked at the way in which teachers are underpaid in our country. And it's just, it, and a lot, I mean, all kinds of other things as well. And it just makes me sad. So I'm hoping, hopefully it's not naive, but I'm hoping it's not, I am a hopeful person as well, a catalyst for like massive change in our education system, you know, definitely. Um, so aside from the things that we can't control, like what things can we look at in our lives that we can control, or at least have some intentionality around that can help us build maybe a little bit more resiliency in ourselves and avoid that burnout. You know, I remember, and it's not necessarily the same thing, but I remember my dad always talking to me as an athlete about just that mental toughness, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't know, I know you played field hockey, but I remember (laughs) like going into basketball games. And if I wasn't in like the right mind space, if I didn't have like the right mental attitude, my shot was off. Like I literally would miss all of my shots And it was just so fascinating how I could have practiced all week, been in the best shape of my life, hitting threes left and right at practice. And if I came to that game with just that lack of mental fortitude, I was going to be off. And then if I'm off, how do I come back from that in the midst of what I'm going through in the game so that I don't let my team down? You know, it's just so interesting to like, think about how much our mind impacts what we experience in life. And what we see, right? I always say we see what we want to see, even if it's not actually there, especially when I'm getting into an argument with my husband about something. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Okay. 
So the first thing that we want you to think about is to really get clear on your values, right? We have core values at our company, but we also inherently as humans have values that we hold dear that maybe we don't verbalize or like consciously think about, but subconsciously they're there. But if we bring those to the forefront and we start thinking about them, what are my values that are important to my family? Right. Is that quality time on Sunday night? We're all going to sit down and have dinner together, right? That connection value. Or is it that my kids are going to come before my schoolwork? Right. And some, and that's okay. Right. And in fact, I would urge you to do that because schoolwork is always going to be there. Our kids are going to get older and we're going to not have that time with them. So, what are your, your family values that you really hold dear that you want to make sure that you don't forget or leave to the wayside? Right. Or what values do you have when it comes to that work-life balance in your life? What's really important to you that you want to make sure that you do that is a non-negotiable? And perhaps that non-negotiable is that every day, regardless of what is going on at school, I'm leaving by 345. That is my non-negotiable, right? That's my value that I hold dear, that I'm going to keep my time outside of school sacred. Or maybe your health. What do you value when it comes to your health? This is something that I really struggle with is putting my fitness and health first. For the longest time, it was about the business and about you know my son and getting him to and from school and making sure that family has dinner and not taking time for me to work out. And once I had this like, like check-in with myself, I'm like, what am I doing? This is going to be what takes years off of my life is not working out. And so for me now working out has become a non-negotiable. And now every day I work out and I'm putting myself first because I've made that conscious effort. And that brought that awareness to myself that I have to do this. This is something that I hold valuable and something that's a non-negotiable for me in my life. So really sit down with yourself and think about maybe even put them down on paper. Sometimes just getting it out of our brains and actually physically writing something down makes a huge difference. What are your values when it comes to your family, when it comes to work-life balance, when it comes to health, maybe even when it comes to your classroom, what are your values that you hold dear that you want to stick to? And how does that create non-negotiables for you that literally, like the word says, is a non-negotiable. This is what happens every day at this time or whatever it is that you decide to do. All right. So that really segues into point number two here to build resiliency and avoid that teacher burnout. So once you have your core values listed, then it's really getting clear on your work and your personal boundaries, right? So if you have made health your priority and every day, in the evening, you're going to go on a run or you're going to go to the gym or whatever it is. Well, then some things might need to change at school, right? If you're staying at school till five, five 30, it's going to be really hard to motivate yourself to then go to the gym and then go home and make dinner and help the kids with homework and all the other things. Right. But if we can get clear that I'm going to leave work at three 15 every day, or whenever the, you know, my contracted hours end, well, then I'm going to be much more able to go work out or go do whatever it is the thing is that I want, right? That core value. Batch planning, which we've talked about so many times on this podcast, that's really going to help with us. I would argue that it's probably going to be the biggest like needle pusher, right? Mm -hmm. If you do batch planning, you're going to be able to leave at 3.15 or 3.30 or whatever it is, but it's going to take some work. We can't just say, okay, I'm going to try to leave at 3.15 every week. Well, things happen, right? We get pulled into other meetings or we have to grade those um, quizzes or whatever it is. So we need to start really setting those boundaries and sticking to them. 
And that's challenging, but it's really helpful to write it down, right? On mm-hmm. Monday, I left at 3.15. Ooh, on Tuesday, ooh, I stayed till four. How come? What happened, right? How did I miss my boundary there? Did I get called into a meeting? Did I wait till the last minute to grade something or make copies? What could I do differently for Wednesday so that I can go back to 3.15? It's kind of like a time audit, right? Mm -hmm. Where am I spending my time each day? And after a week, you're going to start to see patterns and you're going to say, okay, some things need to change, but we have to make those changes, right? We can't just say we want it. We actually have to do the work. So getting clear on those personal and work boundaries is really going to help you then go meet those core values. And it's not just, you know, what are my contracted hours, but it's saying no to things. Like I know as teachers, we get asked all the time to do these extra things, right? Can you be in charge of your book? Can you do yard duty today? Can you help me in my classroom on this project? The answer to certain- your book is no. The and answer it's is always no. no. Yes. Your book basically no. kills me. <laughs> okay. Student council moderator. I had to do that for years. <laughs> and I know sometimes you have to say yes, right? There's not an option, but start paying attention to how often you say yes. This actually just happened to me. Um, I haven't even told Caitlin this, I don't think. At my son's school, they're going through a lot of teacher changes because of burnout, right? Teachers are leaving. They can't find quality teachers to come back in. And my son's principal came up to me the other morning at drop-off and she was like, is there any chance you can teach our seventh grade ELA class and religion class every morning? And I was like, oh, Mary, oh gosh, you know, I want to help you, but oh, uh." and she's like, please just think about it. Just think about it. And as much as I want to, and my nature is to say yes, right. It's to help her out. It's to, you know, do a good job. I know what my other commitments are to EB and to my family right now. And if I say yes to her, so many things are going to get put on the back burner for me. And I can't say yes, I cannot do it, but it's really becoming a stronger person and knowing my personal and work boundaries to say no and to fight for those core values that I have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Something that I found out about myself too is I'm a little bit of a procrastinator and <laughs> I didn't realize how much time like pockets of time I was wasting at school until I really was when I had Will and I had to yes. leave at a certain time to go get him. And I couldn't bring anything home because I had to take care of a baby, right? A child. Mm-hmm. And when that happened and I realized I got to leave school at three 30, I don't have time to like dilly dally throughout the school day. I was like, kids are out of the classroom, doors closed, sitting down grading. Yep like super efficient with my time, not getting distracted by things, opening my phone, doing something over here. It just made me like compartmentalize efficiency in a much better way than I thought I was doing, but didn't realize I wasn't doing it well. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Once you have kids, it's like, what did I spend my time doing? (laughs) I know. I say that to Bob all the time. Like on Saturday, literally, what did we do all day on Saturday without Will? Absolutely nothing. And it was bliss. (laughs) I mean, really, I can't even think of what we, I guess we just went to the beach and played beach volleyball all the time. Went out to dinner. I can think of lots of things actually. (laughs) It's a different lifetime. Totally. (laughs) Okay. So those are the first two, get clear on your values. Number two, get clear on your personal and work boundaries. Number three is to really rely on your colleagues, right? We are who we surround ourselves by. Um, Motivational speaker, Jim Ron, is that who Mm -hmm. it is? Yeah. Famously said that, right? That we are the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. So think about who you are with on a consistent basis at school, right? We start to kind of like pick up nuances and characteristics of other people that we're with. So if we are with 
the person at school who complains all the time or who's a downer or who comes in and is like, oh, you'll never believe what happened or just isn't there to lift you up. That's going to hurt you internally, emotionally, right? That is kind of baggage that we're bringing into our lives that we don't necessarily need. And I know it's so hard to like let that person go or remove them. I know that can be really challenging, but we encourage you to find those supportive, nurturing teachers, right? Seek them out. If you know there's one at your school that you want to be friends with, it's not in my nature to do so, but put yourself out there, right? Go ask if they'll sit with you at lunch or get to know them a little bit better so that you can have that positivity in your life. That's one thing I love about our EB Teachers Club, our Facebook group, is everybody is so supportive in that group when someone's going through a hard time or has questions. No one's being mean or putting it. And I mean, this goes for like the other Facebook groups that we're in as well. You know, if we're in other Facebook groups that teacher Facebook groups that are negative and, and hurtful and just like all that negative vibe and energy, we don't need that, right? We need the supportive, kind, caring, uplifting online at work, right? Really seek those people out. I love that. And I'm just thinking back to when Caitlin and I worked together and there was one teacher in particular, Leslie, she was the kindergarten oh, yeah. teacher at our school. Yeah, yeah. Just the kindest person you will ever meet. And you just gravitated toward her, right? Because she built you up. She genuinely asked, how's it going in your classroom? What are you reading right now? Ooh, have you read this book for fun? This is what I'm reading. Or how's your workout going? I wanted to sit with her in the faculty room because she never complained about her students. She didn't get bogged down by the negativity. And that truly does make a difference. So Mm -hmm. I try to do that. If I'm in a school, it's like, I'm going to be like Leslie, (laughs) build us up and not going into that lunchroom and just venting. I love that. Maybe we can all try to be the Leslie's. We'll have to tell her that we're using, that we're talking about her. I know. Be the Leslie channel, your inner Leslie. I love it. (laughs) Um, Okay. So you can't just have, you know, your Leslie's at school, right? Because when we're outside of school, we can still feel the effects of the burnout, right? We can come home and be exhausted or be frustrated. It's natural sometimes. So we need to have our go-to people, whether that's, you know, your spouse, your partner, a sister, your mom, whoever, a friend, find those people that you can go to, that you can vent to a little bit if you need to, but also that you can share your wins with, right? It's important to focus on those so that you are remembering why you became a teacher in the first place and why you truly do love your job. Yeah. And I know that can be hard. Like, my husband, he was definitely always supportive of me in the classroom, right? Like he would come in and do my bulletin boards every year. He did all that stuff, but he didn't want to hear me talk about my students every single day at dinner. Cause I could definitely do that. So I'd have to like, you know, rein it in a little bit. And my mom became that person for me. So I could talk to her, get things off my chest and then move on. So find your people, whoever they yes. are, even if it is just a bunch of friends at happy hour, go have some fun with it. But talk, <laughs> let it out. It's funny that you say that about Daryl because Bob told me when I left the classroom, he goes, I kind of miss hearing your stories about your students. Oh, how funny. I would come home and tell him like all the funny things that happened at school. That's and hilarious. I don't have those stories anymore. Well, Daryl just now hears stories about like EB teachers and like what everyone's up to. So <laughs> I feel like he knows people's names and he knows yeah. what's happening. So it never ends, I guess. <laughs> That's pretty funny. All right. So the last thing that we want to share with you, the last strategy to really develop that teacher resiliency and avoid burnout, right? That mental toughness that um, is really helpful in getting through the tough times is getting clear on what your bigger why is. Mm-hmm. Times are going to be tough. There are going to be challenges this year, especially. I know we don't need to harp on that. We all know that it is a very challenging time in our lives. But aside from this time, in life in general, 
there are difficult days. There are weeks, there are even years that we are just like, I can't handle this. I don't want to be doing this anymore. But when we look at what's the reason I'm doing this, what's the why behind the reason I became a teacher? What is that? And when we go back to that core of why it is what we're, why we're doing what we're doing, the other stuff almost doesn't matter. You know, it's like your why, whatever it is, mine was to make a difference in students' lives, right? To impact a person's life for the better. Like that was why I became a teacher, not for any other reason. And so when I would get frustrated with parents or a principal who just oh made me so mad or a colleague who didn't agree with my approach to teaching, it was, why am I here? Am I here to make my principal happy? No. Am I here to make money as a teacher? No. No. <laughs> am I here to appease parents? No, I'm here to impact a student's life. So I think of Livia or Tyler or whatever student it was that I knew I was making a connection with and I was helping them perhaps see something in themselves that no one else saw. That is why we do what we do, right? And I know it can be so hard, but when we come back to that why, it makes it so much easier to let all that other crap go that we can't control. And you want to save, right? Those like student notes or those cards that you've gotten from students, put them in a special place in your teacher desk at school and dude, take them out when you're having a hard day. I know I have that one student note from um, Vivian just detailing like the impact that I had on her life. It kind of makes me cry (laughs) cry a little bit. They're meaningful. Right? It's like, that's why we do what we do you know, and that's why we became teachers in the first place. So going back to that ultimate why, when things get tough, when we have things in our lives that we can't control, that is something that we have control over our reason for why we're doing what we're doing. So with that being said, as I wipe the tears from my face, (laughs) um, the five strategies to really develop teacher resiliency and avoid burnout to go over them again, get clear on your values, get clear on your personal and work boundaries, rely on your colleagues, online or in person, have your go-to people, and then really be clear on your bigger why. Is there anything else that you want to add to that? I'm just going to remind you, we said this at the beginning, but if this is feeling overwhelming, pick one, start Mm -hmm. there and see if it makes a difference. Which one would you start with? I would get clear on my values. We made it number one for a reason, right? (laughs) I think all the others are affected by that one. Yes, I agree. All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining us on this week's podcast. Hopefully you're walking away with something that is really going to be able to impact you or motivate you or get you through the Volson, right? Mm -hmm. As we head into the winter holiday and you get some reprieve from what I can imagine has been a challenging school year. All right. We'll see you guys next week on the podcast. Bye everybody. Everyone.